Albrocht, Tommy Caster. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Shocker fans, want the latest on Wichita State Athletics? Let's go right to the source with Shocker AD Kevin Saul. And here we go. Happy to have Kevin Saul in for our bi-weekly visit. And it is perfect timing this week, Kevin. Clear off the bulletin boards in uh, in the men's basketball locker room because they're going to have plenty to pin right up there up front. It's AAC Media Day today. We started with preseason picks this morning. The Shockers picked eighth out of 11. Nobody on the all-conference teams. Boy, if you've got a chip-on-the-shoulder mentality, if you like to play angry, this might not be a bad spot to get started. Well, you know, there's. Uh, I appreciate being on the show, guys. It's good to, good to see you both, uh, Jacob and Tommy. Hear you both, I should say. The uh, certainly interesting, and uh, I'm I'm always a proponent of um, work really hard. Just keep your nose down, work really hard, and grind it out, and uh, earn good results. And uh, don't worry about preseason. Don't worry about recruiting rankings, preseason rankings. At the end of the day, you got to perform. We're in a results-based industry, and um, and we will work very hard at that. Motivation is an interesting thing. It can be fuel for the fire. And uh, I, I know our coaches and, and our team will, will look at that appropriately and, uh, and we'll go from there. So it's, it's one step closer to tip off where we get an, an actual chance to prove ourselves. So we look forward to, to that time. Kevin, I want to ask you a little bit about Shocker Volleyball. Um, the the conference uh, season is in full swing right now, and, and we've had uh, we've had conversations about Shocker Volleyball the last few times we've had you on the show. Uh, give us and give our listeners an update on where things stand with Chris Lamb's crew. Yeah, so we've uh, we've had some unbelievable wins, and we've had some head scratchers as well. And and I, I will first share this. Coach Lamb has assembled a really good staff. I had an opportunity to travel with them and, and see how they operate, how they um, interact with each other, how they sharpen our young ladies in our program, and and I, I trust them implicitly. They're doing an, an amazing job. We have a young team. We've talked about it, right? We've got, I think, five freshmen, eight sophomores, handful of juniors, um, you know, with COVID years and, and all these different extra years of eligibility we've got a pretty young team and so you're seeing that on the floor you'll see unbelievable wins against a power five opponent iowa state that we've never won beaten before or a good wyoming team or a really competitive match with with creighton and then you'll see some where we struggle to pass it consistently um and put ourselves in a good spot i thought what was really interesting this weekend guys is we played a five set set match uh, against memphis on on friday and we came from behind to win. And in the fifth set, we actually took, I think it was a six to two league lead. Obviously you feel really good about that in the fifth set. But what I thought is, is we struggled a little bit in the first two sets. And I was really, really proud of the fight in our young ladies uh, in the volleyball program. Number one, number two, I thought our coaching staff adjusted rotations in such a way um, where they could squeeze out points between uh, the outside hitters for Memphis uh, being on that on that front row and being really to be able to hurt you. So I thought there was some strategy 
that went into that as well as a real chess match if you're into the rotational pieces with volleyball. So I thought they did awesome on Friday. And then Sunday we, we competed against a really, really good uh, SMU team, um, lost the first set. I think it was 25-21, and we had an 11-4 lead in the second set and ended up losing that one 25-21, and then the third set wasn't close. So what you're seeing is the results of a young team. Um, but, again, just uh, trust our, our coaches, our staff, our young ladies have got an unbelievable mindset. They're really positive about what they're doing and growing and developing. And the idea is to be playing our best volleyball at the end of the season. So uh, we'll, we'll keep hammering away at it. Yeah, it's it's that interesting time as we come down the home stretch of fall and enter the winter seasons. Um, I'm curious as we have that momentum going and we if we get ready to, you know, not not yet but soon turn the page into the next thing. We've, you know, talked to you so much about all the NIL stuff and the changing landscape and the evolution of Wichita State in that world. As we've had a little time now with it, it you know we see bits and pieces on social media of some athletes talking about stuff that they're doing. But you know, from your perspective, how has that all gone now with some time to get things rolling? Well, I think the infrastructure is set up well in terms of uh, communicating and, and educating. Right, that was goal number one. But um, second, the infrastructure to actually help facilitate the deals in a manner that that is permissible for our department. Um, we've done that through Open Doors. We've done that through Armchair. And so there's an element of this component that 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 is the the efforts and the energies of our student athletes and the interest and ability of the the business community in Wichita. And you're seeing that align um, in different spots. We need to continue to beat that drum of, drum of how important that is, guys. We talk about the five traditional elements of a scholarship: room, board, books, tuition, and fees. We do cost of attendance here for our student athletes, which is about another $210 a month. We're actually fundraising our new Shocker Way unrestricted giving campaign has gifts and pledges uh, just about $200,000 worth. We're going to start issuing Alston Educational Awards in the spring. We've done a good job of setting up the infrastructure for NIL. Uh, we've got to connect, obviously, our student-athletes in the business community can continue to educate and pound the drum. We have other collectives that have reached out to us with interest um, in supporting NIL and getting involved in that space here. Of course, there's minimum standards from an institutional perspective to, to protect the integrity of the institution, the eligibility of our student-athletes. So we those are ongoing discussions, and then you'll see those pop up when they meet those minimum standards. We'll put them on the uh, goshockers.com forward slash NIL webpage. Um, as additional infrastructure to help the cause. So, again, it's it's not a conversation that's going away anytime soon, and we'll continue to promote and, and do the best we can to maximize it. Kevin, I want to ask you about men's golf uh, at Wichita State. So the Greer Jones Invitational uh, just wrapped up out at Crestview Country Club. The Shockers win that tournament. It's the third win uh, under Judd Easterling as head coach for Wichita State. Uh, and just some great individual performances uh, as well for the, the Shocker men's squad. Where do things stand overall? How do you feel about what men's golf has been able to do? Well, I would loop in women's golf into that as well, guys. It's not to take the spotlight off of anybody, but our women's golf program won the Big O Classic up in uh, in Omaha. That was their first team title since 2017. And as you mentioned, our men's golf program won the Greer Jones Shocker Invitational. Um, I had a chance to, to walk on Monday uh, for walk about a half a day with our, our men's team, kind of bouncing back and forth between our three and four groups and and really enjoying watching them play. And it's a confident group. It's a, it's a young group, a lot of new players in that group. 
and uh, their first tournament championship since 2021. And of course, Judd Easterling's third uh, in his career. So uh, we had a chance to celebrate that last night. We had a fundraiser event for our men's golf program. So what an awesome way to, to transition into a fundraising event is coming off of a championship and all our guys were there, did a great job. Um, so really looking forward to uh, the spring. Each of our programs have another couple events this fall, and then they'll shut it down and get into their eight-hour segments uh, and then fire it back up in, in February. Kevin, uh, media day is an exciting time. For the AAC, it's a strange year because a lot of the teams there are leaving. And as we look at basketball, which is, you know, we, we – call it the banner carrier, whatever. Houston, the top team in the league, is leaving. Cincinnati, the third-ranked team right now in the preseason poll, is leaving. UCF is gone, the sixth-ranked team. The AAC is losing a lot. Yes, stuff is coming in. We always like to check in on this um, in an ever-changing world of TV negotiations and all these things. Any Anything changing or any progress for you as you evaluate the AAC and its future and the Shockers' place in it and what's out there and all of those types of things? Yeah, I, I, I would say less from an alignment perspective. Excuse me, guys. Less from an alignment perspective in terms of if we're in the right place. There's no doubt we're in the right place. We've entered into a more competitive, a more expensive environment um, for our programs. Um, we, we will continue to compete at a really high level and, and effort to, to fund our programs in that way. For us, the, the main focus has been, okay, as we look at an AAC in the 22-23 academic year, it's going to look a little bit different than 23-24 academic year. And so we've spent a lot of time internally breaking down our scheduling philosophy and how that needs to change as our league composition changes. So to give you an example, guys, we'll play in a three-game MTE next year. Um, we will have likely 18 home, uh, excuse me, 18 league games next year. So you're sitting at 21 games there. Your max is 31. So really the power of your team sheet, if you will, um, to, to work your way into an at-large bid is what you do with those 10 conference games. And so if you're bringing in some, some lower net teams into your league, um, then you're going to have to compensate that for that in, in your conference play. So we've established about six or eight objectives uh, that we want to accomplish in our scheduling philosophy on both the men's and women's side in terms of an entertaining schedule. Cause obviously you want to sell tickets and, and you want to have um, um, compelling regional matchups. We want to make sure that if, if in those 10 games, we've got to, we've got to schedule some that are really, really winnable games guys. Cause you got to be strategic about where those sit, um, whether that's the beginning of the season or you're coming off of a holiday break but again, can we be really intentional with those? Because if you know, understand how the team sheets work out, a quad four game against a, a 302 net team is very different than a quad four game against a 168 uh, net team. And so can we use some um, historical data? Can we do a little bit of predictive analysis in terms of understanding where teams are likely to slot? Can we look at three-year net averages as we do home-and-home uh, home agreements with Richmond and Western Kentucky. Those have been done here in the last several weeks very intentionally because they're top 100, top top 110 net-type teams as we try to strengthen our non-conference schedule uh, looking towards the future. 
Kevin, it's only a couple of weeks away from an exhibition matchup for women's basketball against Missouri Southern State uh, on November 1st in Psychoke Arena. And so not only is it media day today for men's basketball, it's media day today for women's basketball as well. And Keitha Adams looking to replace four starters from last season. Where do you stand on women's basketball? And, uh, you know, of course, um, you know, a lot of production will need to be replaced from this squad. So uh, where do you stand on that? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. We got our work cut out for us on the women's basketball side as well. Really love our roster. We got a great group of young ladies that are working hard. I've had an opportunity to sit in on three or four practices um, and watch how they work. And it's a it's a, a style. It's an edgy, hardworking style. And I think our fans will very much enjoy that. We've been really clear uh, within our, our women's basketball program. It's time to take a step forward. We 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 want to get to that 20 win mark. We want to get to um, postseason play. Um, those are the next steps. Those are the expectations for us um, to, to finish in the top third in the league, to get 20 wins, to, to, to qualify for postseason play, whether that's the NCAA tournament or the NIT tournament. Those are the next steps forward for us. And I think this is a group can do it. I know Coach Adams and her staff are committed to that and uh, certainly trust them as they're working through it and they're working really hard at it to achieve those goals. It's it's exciting. It's an exciting time. We're ready for hoops. We got some information. We know that uh, folks can begin to get tickets for the downtown game at Interest Bank Arena against Oklahoma State uh, in men's basketball. Any other ticket information or any other information fans need to know about as uh, as we bundle up and get ready for the winter season? Yeah, absolutely. So the, this Friday, October 14th, so a couple days from now, we've got a um, uh, at 12 o'clock, we're hosting the um, tip-off luncheon for both men's and women's basketball and and look forward to doing that in the multi-purpose gym i think we're still taking registrations for that so through the end of the day today would encourage people to do that we're well over 200 uh, folks coming to that expect a good crowd student athletes be around that so give a call to our ticket office 978 fans and purchase your uh, uh, your tip-off luncheon um, tickets for this Friday the 14th, and then we've got Shocker Madness on the 27th of October that evening where you'll get to uh, to meet the teams a little bit, and uh, certainly we'll work our way through some some entertaining exhibitions and, and scrimmages and those sort of things. You'll get to see the guys and, and our young ladies um, working hard at it and get introduction to those rosters. So just encourage folks to come out to that. We look forward to seeing you, and, and as always, uh, let us know if there's anything that we can do for you in Coke Arena. All right, Kevin Saul, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much for the time. Uh, enjoy as we come down the home stretch in a couple of weeks. Gosh, we're going to have basketball in a couple of weeks. Are we that close? It's going to be nuts. That's yeah, unbelievable uh, but, time right now. It's really good. But we're ready for it. We love it. It is. Uh, we're excited uh, for you to to get in there for Coke Arena uh, for the first time in your new capacity. So we'll have much more on that in a couple of weeks. Enjoy the time between now and then. And, uh, well, let's go Shockers, huh? Jacob, Tommy, thanks again for having us on the show. Really appreciate it, and go Shockers. All right, there goes Kevin Saul. Uh, he joins us every other week here, and uh, we'll we'll do a lot of things as we get into the spotlight season of Wichita State Athletics here in the next couple of weeks. A lot of questions. We'll try and uh, get some you know players, coaches, whatever in here, uh, maybe to preview things before we officially get going, but we always appreciate Kevin Saul jumping on with us and uh, in explaining things as the latest in this new era of Shocker Athletics. All right, let's take a quick break. A uh, lot to get to here as we've been jam-packed uh, through the first part of the show. Congratulations to our winner on our giveaway. We'll continue things. A hump day edition of Sports Daily continues next. 
Go ahead. I think I want to hear this. Sports Daily is on KFH. All right, here we go. Uh, Tommy, I'm not sure if you've seen this as we continue on Sports Daily, a topic uh, taking the headlines yesterday across the country, especially here because at Arrowhead, Devontae Adams pushed a guy. They ran into each other. He pushed him down. We get the police report, and Devontae Adams has been cited for assault in Kansas City. I'm going to read you the description of this in the police report because the, the citation is out there now on social media did by an intentional overt act inflict bodily injury or cause an unlawful offensive contact by pushing this photographer to the ground using two hands causing whiplash and headache, possible minor concussion. We, we good with that? <laughs> um, sure. Uh, I mean, God. yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, look, like... If, if the police get involved and they actually did investigating and there was an injury report that was legitimate from the hospital that he, you know, I guess the guy took a private transport to the hospital, you know, that's, they're not going to lie about that. The hospital is not going to lie about it. The police aren't going to lie about it. So, I mean, clearly there, there were legitimate injuries and a legitimate you know, injuries. I guess, I guess, ju- possible, I guess justice possible, has to be served. Says. I mean, the guy says his head hurts. I guess you can say he possibly has a headache, right? My neck hurts. I guess you possibly have whiplash. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe there is something to it. Man, this stuff, like, can we all take a step back? Like, could, could you imagine filing a police report for assault on that? I, I just, like, God bless. This well, seems I mean, great. Hey, and, I, look, and, and, and don't put your hands on somebody. You can't they do that. ran into each. I know. I know. I understand that. But they ran into each other. It's not like he went hunting on the sidelines. Let me find somebody to push down here, which sounds more like assault to me than two people running into each other and and a shove coming in reaction to that. Now, granted, I, I understand you can't do that. But the the ordinance code information on this ticket is intentionally inflict injury. Devontae Adams did not intentionally inflict injury on this guy. They ran into each other. I mean, come I can on. Tell you, I can tell you without a doubt, and this goes back to what we talked about yesterday about this specific topic. Had Devontae Adams apologized in a different way, this whole thing would have gone away. Yeah, had he, if had he, he picked, actually taken responsibility— If he responsibility, picked the guy up and said he was sorry, I, I agree with that. But he, now we're dealing— the guy in, you know, sought him out, and you, you even mentioned it yesterday, give him a signed jersey, and I mean, all this different stuff you could do. He didn't do any totally. of it. In fact, his, his apology was a half apology, where the narrative he created was not the, what actually happened on camera. So, I, I mean, he could have avoided all of this. I don't feel bad for him one bit. That he has an Not assault charge that says he intentionally inflicted yeah. injury? I don't feel That's... bad for him one bit. So do you think he intentionally inflicted injury? I think when you are an NFL wide receiver and you extend your arms that way to a cameraman and he goes to the ground, sure. Sure. You, he, he wanted the guy to get out of his way. He wanted the guy to get out of his way. inflicted injury. He, this was malicious is what that tells me. See, I, just, I, I, don't, I, just I don't have any sympathy I, for him at all. None. I can't get on board with this because I don't think he intentionally inflicted injury. Should he be cited for something? Maybe, but assault? Come on. Like, that's 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 crazy to me. I mean, this is 
this reeks of a lawsuit. Uh, you know, like whatever. I Good. yes, he could have helped himself by being more um, contrite. But now I'm looking this at a, as a legal situation, and the letter of the law in this in this citation says intentionally inflicted injury. I mean, no, like that. That's what happens when you when you're seeking out to hurt somebody. And I, I just can't believe that him walking off the tunnel and two guys running into each other and his reaction to be to shove away would be an intentional act to injure somebody. That's what you do when you punch somebody in a fight. Right. Like there. I just don't want I, I don't. And, and I get it. And all the jokes are fine. But. Assault is a serious charge, a very well, can, serious charge. And there I'll, I'll are situations one... where people need to be charged with assault. But this <laughs> is ridiculous to me. Can we talk about – and I, I – look, uh, you know, would I have, would I have um, charged him if it were me with assault? No, probably not. I don't have a lot of sympathy for him, but to your point, I, I do have to say, what kind of world do we live in where Devontae Adams – does actually get cited for assault, but Draymond Green does not for sucker punching Jordan Poole. Right, that's um, and, assault. And knock him to the ground. Like that's that's, that's assault. legitimately assault. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we got Mark on the line eight six nine twelve forty. Mark, what what do you make of all this? Hey, uh, good morning. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but the NFL just uh, passed this down. They threw a flag and um, called roughing the presser. Um, that's what they called today. No, I'm just kidding. Of course. <laughs> uh. You know, well we put we put athletes, they've gotten, uh, you know, uh, they get a pass. You know, all of us work for a living, and we get frustrated with coworkers. And, you know, we don't go over and, you know, even if they do, in, you know, get inside our space a little bit. You know, I, I, th- I think they'll probably get suspended. He'll get, you know, I mean, this guy will go after some sure. money, I'm sure. Was he injured? He should be suspended by the NFL, but I don't want to paint this narrative where Devontae Adams went onto the sideline looking for somebody to shove. Yeah. That's not the right. same thing as what happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was just a bang-bang kind of thing. Did he, did he react inappropriately? Of course. Of course. You know, and you can tell you, wow, he's just frustrated. We all get frustrated, but uh, – you know, it's, uh, you know, it's not. And the th- same thing with Aikman's comment. Good Lord, we are so out there on wordage sometimes. You know, it's just kind of crazy. So I, I, I believe that we have yeah, so many problems. Let's all in chill world. out. A little, yep. Let's absolutely. all chill out. Let's you know? all have, have a little grace. I'm with you. I'm with you, Mark. And yeah, if he gets suspended by the NFL, I'm all for that. You got a personal conduct mm-hmm. policy. That violates a personal conduct policy. You can't do that, right? Like, I, I get that part of it. That part doesn't bother me. Whatever the NFL decides doesn't bother me. But in an actual right. court of law and legal situation to cite him for assault, even if it's misdemeanor assault, that that in the letter of that citation says intentionally inflict injury, I just don't think that's what happened. Well, and I think, you know, we'll look at what happened. Uh, I can't remember, remember the game where the fan came on the field and the guy clocked him for coming on the field, and now he's – suing him for personal injury and i if you're old if you're old like me you remember years ago when somebody came on the field and mike curtis who played for the baltimore colts at that time just cold cocked this guy because he was trying to steal the ball you know i i figure bobby wagner bobby wagner can easily just say it was self-defense i mean you you can't trespass and run onto the field i mean who knows what that guy is capable of no bobby wagner i think is going to be just fine 
Yeah, and unfortunately, there's too many lawyers that would certainly take both these cases, you know. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you for taking my call. We appreciate it, Mark. I mean, we saw this coming a mile away, Tommy. The second we heard uh, taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, like I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Like this is going to be a lawsuit. This is going to be a whole big thing. It'll get – you know, it'll probably get settled. It's misdemeanor, so I think it's okay, but just – I mean, God bless America. Like, what are we doing you have here? Got, I, I don't know. Look, you, you have got to hold yourself to a higher standard if you are Devontae Adams or if you're any professional athlete for that matter. I mean, you know, is this guy, uh, the, the photographer, is he taking advantage of the situation? Absolutely. Absolutely he is. But if you're Devontae Adams, you've got to be better than that. You cannot let the emotions of the moment get the best of you. And this guy was was doing his job. Did he intentionally jump in front of Devontae Adams? I don't think so. I think it was an accident. But if you're Devontae Adams, you have to be better than that. And then if your emotions get the best of you on national television, then you have to be contrite enough to apologize yes. in the moment and, and diffuse the entire situation, which Devontae Adams did not do. So... Is it worthy of a misdemeanor assault charge? Probably not, but I don't feel bad for Devontae Adams one bit. He brought this on himself. Well, I, I do want to have some sympathy to the situation because I do think it was an accident. Um, yes, Devontae Adams should have been more contrite. 100% agree with that. No problem whatsoever. But every single time I watch the video from, from behind, not the broadcast video, but the sideline video, it is pretty clear to me that neither one of these guys saw each other, and it was a reaction from Devontae Adams. Was it the wrong reaction? Yes. Would I have been in the right state of mind to be better than that in that exact moment? I don't know. Like, I, I just – like, I don't want to reward the behavior of a frivolous lawsuit. That's what I'm not going to do. And while the jokes were funny at first, now we've got an assault citation that's going to live with somebody forever, right? Like, Devontae Adams – is this this is with him forever and and it just was not malicious enough he for me to himself. want to he brought it bring on this himself. amount of it. well no he didn't i mean he did in one sense but the photographer brought it on himself too by running into him like they ran into each other yeah but but adams has like i just said he has the 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 capability of diffusing the situation and he didn't do it agree he didn't do it agree but that doesn't have anything to do with the legal situation him apologizing appropriately has nothing to do with an, an assault charge Right. If you assault somebody and apologize, that's still assault. Right. If you punch somebody in the face and apologize, that's still assault. But if this you seek is not the guy assault, out, if you if you seek the guy out and you apologize and you make it clear it was an accident and you you completely, you know, clean up the situation. Does the guy go to the hospital? Does the guy file a police report? I, who knows? But I think the likelihood is probably not. That's that is. I agree with that. I think that's separate than do you think this was assault? Do you think that Devontae Adams intentionally inflicted injury to this man? I just don't clearly, buy that for a second. Clearly KCPD did. They yeah, did. I guess clearly so. they did. Well, he's got to be Listen, this is just a this is just a citation. It's going to play itself out in court. Um I would imagine that Devontae Adams could probably find a pretty good attorney and fight this himself from the criminal 
aspect of this, not the civil. The civil is going to be an entirely different situation. Who knows what happens there? But from the actual assault charge, if I'm Devontae Adams, I fight this thing like crazy because there's no way that you can prove he intentionally inflicted injury on anybody. By the way, um, what a weird situation and what a weird game. Like the amount of stories that came out of that um, were nuts yesterday. I mean, like that Monday night football game, like when we think back of everything that went into it, with this story and the Jones thing and the longest, like there were so many things that happened in that game that we, that you don't even get to because of everything else that happened. Like Kelsey breaking touchdown records. Do we even remember that the backup kicker that missed a, a an easy field goal set a chief's record for Arrowhead with a field goal? Like what yeah. a, what a wild experience that was on Monday night. I, I just, yep. it blows me away how nuts that game got. I thought I thought about that after we wrapped the show yesterday. I was like, we we talked about all of these different storylines that happened uh, in Monday Night Football, and we didn't even talk about the backup kicker setting a record in Arrowhead for the longest field goal, and then missing much shorter field goals. I mean, it was just it was insane. It was like uh, I don't even have words to describe it. Uh, Earl, uh, one of our regular callers, who <clears throat> always has a a an opinion, a strong opinion, Earl. I, I suppose you want to talk about Devontae Adams here. What's on your mind, Earl? Uh, just two things that you consider as you're giving your narrative. If the guy who got drilled in the chest, and you can't say he didn't extend his arms and drill the guy, even though they ran in, he drilled the guy. If the guy had any kind of pre-existing condition, maybe the guy's got rheumatoid arthritis, man. And when he gets hit like that and he jerks his head on the ground, Injury does occur. I, I, you know, I, I understand there are all kinds of physicians on the radio, but injuries do occur in the least likeliest way. A guy says, oh, I was in a car wreck, my neck hurts, but there's no damage on the car. Well, there's no damage on the car because the human body absorbed the force. So to say that the guy is just being totally frivolous is probably a sign of the times. Yes, we're a litigious country and we look for the fast fast money grab but i think it's a little disingenuous to say you're right. you know a reporter right. gets it wrong on a shoulder injury without all the facts but then to say hey this guy is a money grabber when you don't know if the, i mean this old boy could be carrying camera equipment because he got in such a car wreck when he was younger that that's all he can do so it, it's right. one of those things we, we make some judgments, and, and I understand hot topics and all that, but, yeah, you got to pump the brakes a little bit on the dude. Yeah, I mean, he could be injured. I, I shouldn't say that. He could be injured. That's that. We have two separate things happening. Absolutely, he could be injured. You're right, and, 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 and we shouldn't assume he's not. However, let me say this. That still doesn't mean it was an intentional act by Adams, which is where an assault charge comes from. Okay, and legally, the interpretation of that is quite different. When the drunk man gets into the car, he's not intentionally trying to hit somebody, but because he did and the state of mind he was in, it's, you know, it's a felony, right? Well, it, 
in our old days, and I'm sorry, I'm an older gentleman, that if you extend your arms and push somebody, there was an old thing we always said, keep your hands to yourself and nothing will come your way. He didn't keep his hands to himself. He drilled the guy. You can say he ran into him. I didn't see the cameraman shoving him back. No, as soon as he flashed on him, and he was pissed. I mean, state of mind, right? He extended his arm and drilled the dude, and he very well could have hurt the guy. So, I mean, assassinating the guy's character because you believe he wasn't hurt, eh, just come on, man. If it happened to you and your family, you'd want a little more empathy than that, I would think. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you're right. I shouldn't assume he's not hurt. That, that was uh, an overreaction. You're not going to convince me that Devontae Adams intentionally hurt that guy. They ran into each other, and his reaction was to push him away because they ran into each other. They didn't see each other coming. He did not intentionally shove that guy to the ground out of malice. He did not intentionally injure that man. He may have injured him, but it was not intentional. I won't buy that, and that's when an assault charge comes from. And that's okay. All I'm asking for and all we need in this world today is a little bit more kindness, a little bit more empathy to our fellow man. And, you know, after a Chiefs victory like that, And by the way, I've lost my trust a bit in the NFL after that call. It seems odd after the NFL gets in bed with the gamblers, these these bizarre sort of things, and you can say it's Tua and all that, but that's two separate issues. All of a sudden, the integrity and the trustworthiness of this game that I've loved my whole life has got me scratching my head, man. It really does. It's, it's, It's getting to the core of the game that we love that what we're seeing with our eyes is not how it's being officiated, and that's disturbing. Yeah, we. I, I think I don't want to go down conspiracy lane because I think they had this issue with pass interference too, and that was before they were on board with the gambling. So I, I do think that they got a big issue on their hands. I, I don't think there's any intent there. I mean, the NFL has too much to lose by that. But, yeah, it's a problem. they got to solve that problem. Thank you, Earl, the for N- the call. The- Okay, the NFL had a lot to lose by covering up the concussion stuff for a lot of years, but they did, didn't they? Totally. I'm saying with I'm saying with gambling now and, and intentionally throwing games. Um, well, and, and and look, you know, to the to the point. One quick thing to the point of Earl talking about you know the world needing a little bit more kindness. I, I agree with that, and I think that in this specific situation, that that speaks volumes with what I've been saying that Devontae Adams could have completely. Stopped yep. this entire situation, could have nipped it in the bud. Well, I don't, and I, it, I don't know because if he really did, he if he injured the guy, he injured the guy. Even if he did help him up, but I think that grace goes both ways too. I, I don't. Again, I have. I, I want to come down the hardest on people that are turds. I, I'm not convinced that Devonte Adams is a turd because of this situation, and I'm definitely not convinced he needs to, you know, live with an assault charge. He'll fight it. And, and both of these guys have their day in court, I suppose, in a lot of different ways. Um, I shouldn't assume that the guy's not hurt. That's on me. Um, it just, I, I don't like overreactions. And it felt that way. We'll see. This is going to be a story that doesn't go away. That we do know. It's going to be a while before we sort through all this. And the biggest part of it, you know, probably as a storyline is what the NFL does. Personal conduct policy that's how many games is that? I mean, this could be a significant suspension. And at that point, I don't have a problem with that. That's the NFL's, you know, they, they've got their standards. I'm just court of law is where I'm looking at this thing. But man, here we go. It's going to be a, a, a continuing story with Devonte Adams in that situation.